This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is sponsored by Allbirds. I've been an Allbirds customer for years because their shoes look great, they're super comfortable, and they make shoes and clothes that are better for you and better for the planet by using revolutionary premium natural materials. As a runner, I'm also looking for a shoe that feels and fits great out on a run. And so I'm pumped to tell you about the Allbirds Tree Flyer. I have a pair and they are great. The Tree Flyer is lightweight, super springy and wildly comfortable making your running efforts of all shapes and sizes feel surprisingly effortless. They provide unbelievable cushion and comfort. So even your toughest runs are easier on your body. I noticed from step one, when I put these on, they just felt great. And that's thanks to the swift foam midsole. It's lightweight and big on cushion and energy return. I recommend these shoes because I wear these shoes. I have the orange ones. Plus, they have loads of other great stuff, too. And they're hooking you up with a free pair of Allbirds socks on your next order of 50 bucks or more. Just use the promo code PICKUPTHESOCKS. Pretty good, right? Pick up the socks at allbirds.com on your next order of 50 or more, and you're getting a free pair of socks from those guys. Lace up the tree flyer and get running today at allbirds.com. That's allbirds.com. Our guest today met at the Monroe Correctional Complex in Washington. Leo, a political refugee who had a mission on his heart to teach incarcerated men about entrepreneurship. And Victor, a man that was on the inside, who admittedly had spent too much time around bad people doing bad things. Today we meet these two men who formed an incredible bond. Now they're on a mission together to help more men in prison. We talk about both of their journeys, their brotherhood, and a lot about F3, a men's organization dedicated to fitness, fellowship, and faith, and how it has sparked in them a new mission to unlock the hearts and minds of men through the F3 Freedom Prison Project. This is an incredible conversation, and this is Pick Up the Six Podcast. Brian Jodis back with another episode of Pick Up the Six podcast and absolutely fired up to have a pair of high impact men, two guys I know and love, and they're uh, dialing in today all the way from out in the Pacific Northwest. I got my man, Leo, my man, Victor on the line for our F3 brothers that are listening and just you guys that have been listening to us over the last year and a half. You've heard so much about how F3 has impacted me impacted many of our guests. Uh, the genesis for why we started this podcast in February 2021 was a lot because of seeing men in and around my inner circle accelerating and hearing their stories and wanting to share more stories with you, the Pick Up the Six audience, about people who go above and beyond through service, purpose, and impact. And these two guys do that. So, Leo and Victor, man, I'm just excited to have you guys on the show today. What's up, fellas? What's going on? What's going on? So our F3 brothers will know Leo Novsky, right, as Pure Lead, right? So he's out of the Seattle area. And then my man, Victor Sauceda, who's known as Roma. So those are their two F3 names. And you, of course, for our F3 brothers, you got Hello Kitty behind the microphone here as well. So uh, Pure Lead Roma, good to have you guys as well as as we take care of the uh, the proper introductions, right? We get the, the hospital name intro. The F3 name intro, now we're fully covered across all bases. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having us. You guys have an incredible genesis of your friendship and now brotherhood as to how you first met. I want to hear about that. But Leo, before that, you've got a pretty incredible life story. 
they want just tell it to us. I mean, you tell it better than I can. There's no point in me setting it up, but uh, not exactly an easy uh, path to the United States. Just tell it to us. Yeah, so uh, I am. Uh, I was a political refugee from the Soviet Union. Uh, I came to United States in 1989, and uh, it was uh, you know I came with my parents. It was one of those Exodus stories where uh, the during the perestroika, the time of Gorbachev, uh, we'll come full circle on perestroika. Uh, they opened up the borders uh, and allowed uh, uh, Soviet Jews to emigrate. And so my parents petitioned uh, to leave and were granted, uh, basically kicked out um, with 50 bucks and 13 suitcases with uh, uh, three for us and 10 to sell stuff along the way. So my first job was... um, uh, selling uh, matryoshkas, you know, those little nesting dolls on the streets of Rome. Um, and uh, th- th- that and, uh, you know, I-, I was I was always joking that uh, or saying that I've never been inside a cop car. And uh, but I can't say that I've never done anything illegal because uh, <laughs> now that I'm talking about it, you know, at the age of 12, I was you know, selling without a license. And we were running away from the cops if we mm. saw them, right? We would pick up all our stuff and try to Copa, leave because we needed to make money, home, yeah. right? It was it was it was very funny. Uh, I I I don't think Victor even knows the story. Mm. So uh, so yeah, there you have it. Um, but yeah, so I we came to United States in 1989, and you know all of the traditional things that um, uh, you know immigrants have to face, but. Uh, it's an interesting piece that, you know, the, the propaganda was such that, um, I, you know, I thought that, uh, you know, American streets were paved with gold and there were people who want to kill you on every corner. That's basically how, how um, uh, you know, these conflicting, conflicting messages and obviously uh, nothing, uh, nothing uh, of the sort here. Um, but um you know, we uh, we got uh, we moved into kind of like a um, city, a poor city uh, neighborhood in Chicago, and I was uh, in a in a public school throughout my life there until we finally, you know, my parents uh, pulled themselves by the bootstraps and moved to a better neighborhood, and so I am uh, privileged, right? I am privileged to. Have the education, the background, the support, and a lot of the things that uh, those who are on the inside, who find themselves on the inside, and go to prison instead of college, uh, don't have. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of like my uh, my background. Um, is there anything specific? No, to, man, guess, it's incredible, and, fa- and in fact, our our listeners might hit me up and be like, Brian, you got to have Leo back to do a deeper dive. And maybe we do that someday, but the Genesis of our wanting to have a conversation today is really about you two men, your relationship, the way that you guys got introduced to each other, the work you've done together and the work you're about to do. And you talked about those that end up in prison instead of high school or college. So tell me about how you two guys met. Cause I know there's a pretty incredible story there about how your relationship was forged during some pretty tough times for our man, Victor. So tell me a little bit about how you guys got connected. 
Yeah, Victor, why don't you take this on? Because uh, I think you you have a unique perspective to it. Um, yeah, I guess it will be coming from a different different perspective altogether. Um, but yeah, how, how Leo and I first met was about in 2018 at the Monroe Correctional Complex in the Washington State Prison System. Um, I was serving a 10-year sentence, and I think when I met him, I had about a year to go. Um, and this was my first time uh, meeting Leo. I actually found out about the program that he was teaching called uh, Defy Ventures uh, through a flyer that was on the wall inside of the prison unit. And it said to to transform your hustle. That was like the main caption of the flyer. Um, so it obviously intrigued me. You know, I've been a hustler my whole life, you know, just hustling the wrong types of things. And uh, being able to transform that hustle was something that definitely caught my attention. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to give the program a shot. And then, um, yeah, when I first met Leo, um, the first time walking into the class, I just loved his energy, his leadership skills, his way to communicate and like sway the uh, sway the crowd. Um, so I, I was engaged from the get. I was like, this is a, a high impact man that I knew I had to be around. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just wanted to be able to just kind of like soak everything up like a sponge um, and be able to transfer, transform those hustles. Um, but yeah, just really thankful that there was somebody like Leo uh, that was willing to take take a chance on something bigger than himself. Um, he really seen uh, an opportunity to kind of dive into this entrepreneurship market inside the prison. Um, and he was just uh, really perfect for the job. Um, everybody was able to draw off energy and they took him outside of, you know, the everyday prison commo uh, component and broke up the monotony um, in order to make us feel like we're in a different place. Mm -hmm. He really created a community for uh, many individuals to grow. Um, his, so, yeah, just... uh, his, that infectious energy you're talking about. So check this out, Victor. And I didn't tell Pureled, uh, AKA Leo, I was going to tell this story, but it was late. 2020, I think might've been 2020 ish. Uh, it definitely wasn't 2021 cause we got going in February, 2021, but, but Leo and I had a phone call and we're like, what do you, he's like, what do you want to do? Like, what are you doing? I love what you're doing with all these other things. I said, I really want to take, pick up the six and make it this larger podcast where we reach out to this larger network. And he's like, okay, cool. So get going and report back to me in three months. And I'm gonna hold you accountable. In February 2021, we launched this. And so yeah. one of the men oh, who gets a lot of gratitude and thanks for me, right, for being like, get going, was that man right there, uh, was Leo. So, brother, thank you for that. And oh, thank you. Thank you for episodes deeper. Here we are. <laughs> thank, thank you for the uh, the praise. Uh, I appreciate it. Just to fill the, fill the story yeah, uh, from what Victor said, um, I started working in prisons, uh, volunteering in prisons in 2013. And I came in uh, because um, I was a Toastmaster and there were Toastmasters clubs in prison. And one of the best ones in our region was inside the prison. So it was clearly something interesting. I wanted to see what it's like. And I'll never forget the first time I went inside and I was scared. I was like, what am I doing here? This is weird. This is, you know, uh, it felt so uh foreign and the smell of the prison is all about like disinfectant and clean you know it's just it's it's a dirty clean you know mm -hmm. it's like clean but it feels it's just n n not friendly <laughs> and um i'll never forget the moment where when i first 
met the men. So the, the men who come in, they have to sign up ahead of time for any of the programs. And then they would they basically have to get processed. And so as they process, the door open and they come in. And the energy that the men brought in, the way they shook my hand, told me without a doubt that they wanted to be there. They were grateful that I was there. Mm. And this is going to make a difference for them. Um, in no other place except free uh, have I experienced that level of intensity. And it, it took me completely aback. This is not what I expected. And when I take people to prison, and before COVID, I've taken over 250 uh, men and women to prison as volunteers. It does the same thing to them every time. Um, it changes the perception of what our crime and criminal justice system is and isn't, and the whole perspective of villains and you know yeah. victims and villains gets turned on its head. And so that's how I started. And in 2016, one of the men uh, incarcerated in minimum security unit, his name is Spencer Oberg, um, he came up to me and said, listen, you're, you teach entrepreneurship inside uh, UW. Uh, you are a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I, I've, I'm starting to create this, uh, this uh, series of workshops called Harness Your Hustle. Would you like to come and speak in one of the events? I said, sure. And I came in and again, one of those pivotal moments 90 men met mm. me. Yeah. 90. They were sitting down and I basically gave them the same speech that I give to all my entrepreneurship classes in the beginning called What's Your Big Idea? Where I talk about my big idea and how it succeeded and then failed uh, and what to learn, which is find the right people. And the men got so excited that the, the, the cops came in, right? The, the guards came in thinking it's a riot. And I, I thought, oh, my goodness. You know, I know entrepreneurship. I see an opportunity when I see it. There is an untapped potential here. Mm -hmm. There is hunger beyond hunger beyond hunger. And that's how we started teaching uh, entrepreneurship inside the prison, first with University Beyond Bars, then with Edmonds Community College. And then I started my own nonprofit because I saw that it has to be done a different way. And that's how we started Restartup Academy. Uh, I had a team of three. And, uh, you know, we started with $10,000, right, from one of the angel investors that I knew from my angel investment days. And uh, the, the mission of Restartup Academy is to unlock untapped human potential behind the prison walls and beyond. And uh, because I saw so much potential. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, if you think of what is the number one fear of somebody incarcerated, and again, I'm speaking generally, and but Victor can can confirm is that it's coming out yeah coming yeah. out is the scariest thing is that right what, Victor? Now? what do i do now? right so victor yeah. you're you're I, I think you said you you had one year to go right you you learn of this program because your mind has to be thinking i gotta i gotta re-enter right and i'm already going to be faced with a ton of challenges i'm already going to be faced with a lot of stigma right everybody's going to kind of know sometimes so you got a chance to kind of be proactive there. So tell me just a little bit about, right, what Leo just said, and, the, and then think about what can I do here to prepare myself for when it's time to exit? Yeah. Um, at the time, I was already taking a, a computer coding class. Uh, this is where I actually learned how to code was inside the prison facility. I had about uh, three years left in my sentence when I was introduced to coding. Um, and this was without Google or without Internet or just straight books and a, a computer to play around with. Um, 
but yeah, uh, so once I was down to about the year mark and the, the uh, Leo's program came into the prison, um, you know, I, I, uh, once I heard about the curriculum and the outline, like they focused not on just entrepreneurship, but, you know, employment readiness, um, you know, they, they have you do your reentry plan and things of that nature. So it felt like it was just all in one great program to be associated with. Um, because it was going to introduce me to a community, because it was going to help me prepare for employment, because it was going to help me, you know, just prepare for release as best as I could and try to get all of those questions because there are a bunch of unknowns and things that you can't anticipate once you get out. And, you know, you have to be prepared for those situations mentally. Um, so I think this program really had me, you know, build a community with individuals to to kind of catapult that that thought process and have me think about it a little deeper than I than I normally would. Um, so yeah, I felt like it was a great fit. There was a bunch of unknowns. I was still scared, you know, crapless to the last you know few weeks and still trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, but knowing that you have a community and knowing you have people waiting for you on the other side, that's ultimately what I felt made the difference. This was my second time in prison. And the first time I got out, I did not have the support. And I think that's what made all the difference. I've heard you talk before about what led to you going in that second time. You basically said, man, I was doing bad stuff with some bad people. Exactly. Uh, how much did you learn from that experience? <laughs> um, I mean, it seemed like it seemed like that used to be kind of the trend throughout my lifetime, right? Like if I was hanging out with bad people more than more than likely, I'm going to get involved with you know some bad things. Um, and, you know, on the other side of that is just at the end of the day, these were mentors that I looked up to, you know, even though they're bad people, they're still people that I looked up to and learned things from. Um, but I just had to switch those mentors around, you know, switch them to positive people and positive things were going to happen. And that's kind of, you know, it in a nutshell, I know it's so simple um, to just, you know, try to think about and reflect. Um, but it, it was also really challenging because, you know, this was how I thought for years and years and years of my life. I thought, you know, that was the right way to go. Um, I never thought, you know, my life would be any different unless, mm -hmm. you know, somebody showed me a different way. So I'm, you know, really, really appreciative of Leo and, you know, all the other mentors and communities that helped me along the way. Leo, you talked about those guys that you met in there and just the real palpable desire, right, for them to be able to accelerate right and you, you kind of are given this sentence and many people think that's sort of just it maybe it just ends there but no man there's a chance to to rehabilitate right and to accelerate what did you notice for, from our friend here what what about victor stood out to you when that relationship started yeah so great question uh before i answer that question i just want to make him uh tell, tell a very short story that i i hope your listeners can then take to the bank and um, inside that uh, one of those Toastmasters meeting, there was one guy who was leaving. His name is Marvin. He's this tall African-American, six foot three dude built like a linebacker. And he was about to get released. And uh, he was a really good Toastmaster. And I asked him, why are you here? Why are you here? And he gave me an answer that I will forever remember. It's literally my motto for my life. And and he said, look, man, in my life, I've learned that if I go into a room of nine losers, 10 losers will leave. Mm. And if I go into a room of nine winners, 10 winners will leave. And this is a room of winners. And that's why I'm here. And I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a mic drop, that's right? Yep. That's incredible, right? You can put that on a t-shirt. And uh, basically, when, we, when I talk about these guys with palpable hunger, I'm talking about the 
people who are willing to get into that room, right? Mm -hmm. Not everyone in prison are there at that any particular moment. Uh, but when they're ready and they're ready to put in their time, that's the time to catch them. And that's the key to any kind of power, powerful program. When Victor showed up, uh, he was uh, part of uh, Three Musketeers, all right? There were two Victors and Jonathan, right? And Jonathan is out, Victor is out, the second Victor is still there, but hopefully will be out soon. Those guys were uh, the leaders in the class. It was straight up that they were leaders on the streets, and they were leaders in the class, and they will be leaders wherever they go. So as far as, uh, you know, they've already re built their leadership skills. They've just been using them in the, in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. And uh, Victor stepped up, uh, not just to be one of the best students in the class, which is a 10-month program. It's really hard. Uh, and let's, let's be clear. Uh, at the end of each class, they have to get strip searched. So imagine how, Brian, imagine, yeah. uh, you know, if you go into a class and you're going to have to get stripped and searched on the way out, you were like, I better get something out of this. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not coming in here for nothing. Right. Right. So uh, Roma uh, really, Victor really uh, transformed the class because of his passion and hunger. His business plan was solid. And I believe it had to do with, um, because uh, we had like a business plan competition at the end. Uh, I had to do with uh, helping people uh, uh, order food effectively. Uh, but he was always focused on uh, career and coding, which is his new business. His business is Victory Code. Mm -hmm. um, and then he became one of our mentors for the second cohort. Right. So we had uh, 60 guys start uh, in the beginning uh, and 29 graduate. And he was one of the graduates. And then that kind uh, of shows you how hard it is too. Fifty. Oh, it's fifty percent. Oh, it's absolutely hard. It, and it's and it's expected. It, sure. It's super hard. And also, life in prison is hard. So it's a combination of things. But he stuck. He stuck it out. And then he became a leader. And then when he left, he continued to be a leader. So uh, I don't want to talk too much about uh, Defy uh, by itself. But Defy Ventures is still going well. That's the name of the program that we startup adopted. Mm -hmm. And now it's part of Defy National. So they have their own, they, they have their own chapter. Um, and for the last two years since uh, Victor uh, came out, he's been an active volunteer and a teacher yeah. inside the <laughs> Defy Ventures community program. We've graduated two cohorts and uh, going on uh, getting together the third and so now we have uh, an organization outside of the prison uh, waiting for the inside of the prison to open again for uh, formal programming. So he went above and beyond and really paid it forward. And and that's evident in the work you guys continue to do together. We're going to talk about that in a yep. minute. But Victor, man, brag a little bit, right? So tell us what you're up to now. I know you're doing great in the coding space, right? So just tell us what you're up to, man. Yeah, a lot of uh, exciting projects. I think, honestly, got my, my hands uh, full at, at many moments in my life. But yeah, after I was released in 2019 of October, um, uh, Leo, he was actually there for the first day. So that that really kind of just <laughs> set, set, set things off for me. We had a, a dinner with some people that were close to me and just just a great, great time. Um, my first job was actually through a connection that, that Leo had brought in from uh, Defy Ventures. 
Um, she was the regional manager for Mod Pizza. Um, and I didn't know what my first job coming out of prison was going to be, but, you know, it, it seemed like a good fit and something to get some income coming in uh, while I was attending a coding boot camp. Um, so, yeah, just really thankful for that opportunity. Um, you know, I was still able to, to crush it, you know, even working you know, a pizza job to make an honest living. Um, but at the, the whole time, uh, Leo was just, you know, a huge advocate for me and just kind of continuing, hey, this guy just got out, you know, let's see how we can support him. Um, and then next thing you know, one of the guys that we're working out with um, uh, just happened to be the CEO of a local tech consulting company. Um, so he he uh, he heard my story and he's willing to give it a, a chance on me, right? So yeah. uh, I ran a, a ten or a six month uh, internship with him, running an email marketing campaign. Um, and once again, I didn't I didn't think this was going to be the first t- t- uh, j- type of job I had in the tech industry, but all I knew is I needed a foot in the door, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, I was able to learn a bunch um, about you know just. Uh, how the the recruiting side of things goes and um yeah just seeing people's careers paths so thankful for that opportunity um after the internship i went on to a role at code for america which is a national uh, nonprofit organization that helps government agencies leverage their technology um, um in order to make processes more efficient uh, so, so when I applied for the job, I think there's about 70 applica- applicants going for this job. And I'm just like, man, me having, you know, a c- criminal background, mm-hmm. Hispanic, like my chances of getting into, into this role were slim. Um, but I ended up ma- making it out on top. So I just, you know, really thankful for that. And then once I found out what the project was that we we're going to be working on, um, that's what really um, sh- uh, shifted things. So here I was developing a well, what they wanted was a resource application uh, for formerly incarcerated individuals in California. So I was just like, man, this is like a perfect job description for me. If ever there was one, yeah. um, not only am I able to continue to develop my coding skills, um, but I'm also able to give back to the people that are coming behind me. And I thought that made, you know, so I, I felt just the passion and the impact that it was going to have almost immediately. I felt like really tired. This is something that I could wake up and enjoy doing every day. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry about that. Man. Sorry, family dogs. family dogs have been known to make appearances on this show before. No worries. Uh, we welcome <laughs> welcome all. You know, one thing that jumps out for me, I'm just I'm so proud of you, man, and just so just incredibly grateful to hear about that. Um, Leo, it obviously, comes as no surprise, right? You got to meet him and. And just knew that this young man was going to keep driving. One thing that I think is we'll have a little fun with it is released in October 2019. And by March, you were told you couldn't leave your house as the pandemic hit. Like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I oh guess no, you're probably like, this is no big deal. Trust me. Right. You guys are fine. Right. Quit complaining. You'll be fine. It's wild, yeah. man. It's a wild turn. Yeah, that's what it felt like. I was like, yeah, this isn't nothing compared to solitary confinement. So y'all got it easy. I bet. Um, so, so- what so, do you yeah, think, Leo? What do you think, Leo? I see you oh no, here. I'm just. Uh, I just want to. I just want to mention. There's a, this common thing going around. Is like, hey, you know, uh, you know, what we've experienced is kind of like prison because we couldn't get out yeah, and go on, or man. clock. Come on, man. And and uh, it is so beyond explanation. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the stories that I've heard about solitary is that it it completely and utterly breaks people and uh you have to be a certain kind of person not to mm. uh, uh you know uh 
I've met I've met a guy who spent thirty five years inside solitary. Right. Um, I I know Victor spent two two years. Like I can't. I don't even know the story, right? So it's a, yeah. you know, it's the, it, yeah. you know, and, and this this is not for this podcast. Maybe it's another one, but like, uh, yeah, th- this ain't, you know, this ain't nothing. But uh-huh. the idea of uh, all of a sudden your freedom being curtailed and you're feeling like all uppity. Can you imagine what happens when when people are incarcerated? Sometimes wrongly, sometimes even, wrongly, yep, and often. Um, you know, uh, but, uh, even if it's, if it's for the things that we've done, the, 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 the suffering that people go through there, they're not sentenced to that suffering. Right. They're sentenced to, let's say 10 years in prison, which itself is silly. Cause you know, if, if people like Roma, uh, you know, get there, you know, totally turn around after five years, uh, the next five years is a waste of government yeah. money. Yeah. And some yeah. people should not be let out after 10 years. Sure. Right. Because they haven't, you know, and so this idea, we, we, it's all arbitrary. But even when they're there, the, the challenges that people, the inequities and insults and violence mm. and uh, quality of food and everything else, no one sentenced you to all of that. And yet that's what they get. And with COVID, it became a real that's a different story. That's a so the only point I was trying to make is the people inside the prison today are different from the people that they were three years ago when COVID sure. started. Sure, they sure. are, and I can't even tell you how bad it is, but it is they 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 have been uh, violated many many ways that we can't even imagine. So uh, COVID is not just a thing that happened to them; it, it is thing that continues. And it, it has, uh, you know, it has profound effects that we as a society need to take responsibility for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Victor, go for it. I'm um, glad I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you popped yeah, in because I think yeah. it's worth all of us, even if you just pause for a minute and just think about yeah. perspective. Right. Um, yeah. It's worth us. The collective us, you guys listen, just take a little, take a little time to think about that. First of all, I mean, listen, I'd advocate, and this is a longer conversation for another day, that there's a lot of reform that needs to happen in the criminal justice system. I think we're locking away too many guys that could be rehabilitated in a much more cost-effective and efficient manner than bearing the burden of states and governments. But again, that's another conversation for another day. That's another conversation. Yeah, Yeah. Victor, what do you think about what Leo just said? Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I got out and experienced that, like, right when I was released, like, we had, you know, this, what I thought was normalcy, and then uh, COVID happened, and everything shut down. Um, It did take some readjusting on my end, but not much, because that was something that I had to compare it to, was like, okay, well, I know what solitary confinement is. This is nothing compared to solitary confinement. So I just, you know, wanted to kick my feet up and Keep, keep doing my thing. You're like, man, computer. I still got Wi-Fi. I still got the fridge right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, but it also did present its own challenges. Like everything was, yeah. you know, shut down, and you had to, you know, readjust just like anything. If you go into prison, like you're gonna have to go through this readjustment phase. I think just as humans, we're gonna adapt to our environment. So, um, yeah, that's just something that I had to compare it to when going through that situation. Well said, fellas. Thanks for, for digging in there a little bit. All right. So let's sure. talk about yeah. the next steps, right? Because you guys meet yeah. during this really cool program, right? Form this awesome mm-hmm. relationship. Victor gets out. The first, one of the first things I'm sure Leo does says, Hey man, 
got to get you out to this awesome uh, men's <laughs> fitness fellowship and faith group called F3. He comes out to that. He's quickly dubbed Roma. I'm told he's one of the fastest dudes at the workout. Like ain't nobody beaten Victor. Fastest, in fastest and strongest. Fastest it's the combination that it, it really is pathetic. It's really, it's really ridiculous being on the same field with Roma because he like he'll outrun the fastest people, yeah. and then he'll yeah. out uh, out Merkin the the strongest people, and then and then everybody's like, "What the hell just happened yeah, just, to me?" He just got he's so he's cool. He just schooled because yeah, he it. just schooled people. He just schools people, <laughs> but in a very kind way. He he's he's very kind about it. But um, I, I let's turn that that page because I yeah. think it's really important and. You know, the first thing that I, I've done with pretty much every every graduate who graduated, I, I told them about a three because uh, it is a community outside of prison that mm -hmm. is focused on, you know, uh, you know, encouraging male community leadership. Right. Yeah. And, and we don't care where uh, you came from and we don't care what we, you we, look we like and care. all that. Right. Like, come on. We, we, we don't. Uh, but uh, very often we, we are a little, you know, a, a little monoclonal. You know, we we sure. we, we have. Sure people we, we invite people we know right and so that's one of the things that i hope to change and help both people on the inside and the outside uh by bringing f3 into prison so uh f3 changed my life um i met i i, I learned about f3 at uh, pelican bay maximum security prison while volunteering with another f3 man his name is wolf and he aged me so it was only fair that i aged uh, roma and he is now three generation eaging others so, um, but for those of you who are listening who do know about F3, once I tell you that F3 belongs in prison, you will absolutely see just how natural it is, right? When I told that to Dredd, to David Redding uh, mm -hmm. recently, he he was like, I never intended it for, uh, but it makes perfect sense. And it does, right? It's already a community of men. They already are, have uh, a lot of sad clowns, people who are happy on the outside, sad on the inside. Mm -hmm. They are in a very challenging environment that uh, holds them to a, a poor health sometimes. But also there are a lot of people who are doing a lot of fitness, but that's all they do. They don't have a purpose. Mm. And F3 really brings, uh, you know, uh, Fitness Fellowship of Faith together to create this community of men who uh, hold each other accountable. And with, you know, some of the books that uh, Dredd has written with QSource and Free to Lead um, gives you kind of a, a blueprint of what to do as a high impact man. Um, all of this is desperately needed in prison. And once it's there, uh, it'll spread like wildfire. And so that's exactly what, what I keep thinking about. And when uh, F3 Foundation kind of announced a grant, grants, I, I decided to make that my catalyst. And so that's what I did. And I brought uh, Roma into it. And, uh, you know, Roma can, can tell you what we're doing now. So we, we I originally called it F3 Beyond Bars, uh, but uh, we are renaming it to F3 uh, Freedom Prison Project. And uh, the mission of F3 Freedom is to bring F3 into prisons to help uh, transform the, the whole culture and then to help the uh, high impact men who are being released uh, through the reentry. Mm, that's the vision. And so Restartup Academy that has been kind of uh, stalled during the pandemic is now being revived. 
um, with the mission of F3 Freedom. So we're taking it on to ourselves. We are 501c3. We have a GoFundMe campaign going right now. Yeah, link uh, link for that is in the show notes, guys. So you can yep. once you hear what these guys are doing and you want to support them, please yep. go throw them some support. Yeah, and it's matched dollar for dollar up to a certain point. And then however much we raise, we're going to put into uh, both the program on the inside and the re-entry. Uh, that is the real key. What what Roma, if you remembered what Roma, what Victor said, is one of the key moments was that I was there when he got released. Mm-hmm. So imagine some of our guys, and he'll talk about what we're doing already, uh, being released and having one of the F3 or several F3 guys meet him at the door right. and saying, hey, right. you're part of this. Here's your ruck. Here's your workout clothes. Here's your schedule for the workouts near you. Uh, see, here's $50 gift certificate, you know, guest money. See you in the gloom, you know, just to start with. Like mm-hmm. what that would do to a man who already learned the lexicon, who already part of the community and uh, men, women, it doesn't matter. You know, this program will change the system on the inside. So, uh, uh, Victor, why don't you talk yeah, more about think about, think about this? Because I want to ask you about it, Victor. Like, think about the 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 literal weight that could be lifted off of someone's shoulders if they know this community that they've already become a part of while in is waiting for them on the outside. It's absolutely amazing. Oh. Victor, tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing, right? What you hope to accomplish. And obviously, right, obviously, just why it's so important for you. Yeah, um, I think I could start off with the, the latter part on why mm-hmm. it's so important to me. Um, and I, I'm just a huge believer of, of giving back. You know, I spent so many years of my life uh, taking and now I just continue to look uh, look for ways to give back because I see, you know, just what that does for me as a human being, um, just the weight lifts off of my shoulders. I don't have to worry about, you know, looking over my back. Um, so, so yeah, I just want to continue to find ways to provide valuable impact for the people that are coming behind me. Um, I want to make the, their transitions easier and however best I can support them. Um, I'm only one person, but I do know, um, you know, methods and approaches that we could take to help transform the system, especially when people are returning to society. Um, but yeah, so so Leo, uh, he told told me about this, uh, you know, this vision that he had about trying to get F3 into prisons. And, you know, I thought it'd be awesome. There was there were some hurdles that, you know, we're thinking about in terms of administration and trying to get around them because we know that could be a long process um you know anytime you talk about an administration in a prison facility and um, you're going to be expecting to wait a while mm-hmm. um so so anyway what i really like about f3 is it's completely decentralized right we could set up the f3 literally anywhere we just need the, the framework um to get inside so we had some conversations uh with our our first member uh mr miyagi um, and I was kind of just talking to him about it, just like, hey, you know, uh, me and Leo, were thinking about bringing F3 into prisons. Are you interested? And before this, I think when I like first started doing F3, I actually sent him a Q source book, which is like, you know, an F3 handbook. Um, and I wanted to to see, uh, you know, what he thought about it. And, you know, he he's he had his own views and opinions on some of the things, but he said the overall content was good. So. I, I knew that, like, if I was going to talk to somebody about bringing F3 into prison, this might be the individual. Um, he, he was already doing, you know, outside uh, workouts. So it just seemed like a great fit. 
Um, and his his concern also was administration's like, okay, well, it's going to take a while for us to set up how um, you know vision uh, uh, Leo originally envisioned the program to be. You know, um, I think Leo wanted to to bring you know PAX members or people from F three into um, the prison facility and kind of work out with them. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. that's going to take some time to for us to get to. Um, so, so my thing is like, okay, well, they're already working out outside. Um, why can't we just, you know, kind of send them the framework, hop on a conversation, a phone call with them and talk to them more about like how it would look like. Um, and he was on board as soon as uh, Leo and I uh, spoke with them. He's like, yeah, let's, let's do this. He wanted to start it like the next day. I was like, mm-hmm. hold on, let, let's, let us send you the framework first. Let us like walk you through how, right. you know, your first, right. your first workout supposed to go. So he was, he was, you know, all, all in from the, the game uh, from the jump. Um, so he led his fir- first workout the following Saturday, literally, and uh, had his first F F and G and um, F and G stands uh, for friendly new guy, right? So that's, uh, yeah, that's a uh, new guy that comes in F three. So uh, check yeah, this but, out. Let me, let me do one. Let me do a couple things just to paint the picture, right? For our, for our listeners, all you F three guys will get it. But of those of you who haven't been to a workout yet, maybe you hear this and you're like, man, I should get out there or maybe I should tell my husband about it. They're kind of the five core principles, right? Five things like you do these five things. You're good. So one, it's free, right? So you guys are checking the box there, right? It's free. It's Mm -hmm. open to all men. All you got in your, in that facility is all men, right? So Mm -hmm. you're all men there. Uh, It's held outdoors. So are those guys going outside every time or do they have to work through some, some stuff around that? They have an option of whether they want, whether or not they want to go outside or inside. And we'll give them a pass if they stay inside for this one, right? It's a little <laughs> bit of a different scenario. Uh, it's peer-led in a rotating fashion, right? You don't have to be a professional to do it. So you're expecting men that are become part of that community on the inside to lead. And every workout ends in a circle of trust. A chance for men to come together and talk about things going on in their lives, either ask for help just or just offer up words or say a prayer together. Depends on how you want to do it. But if you check the box on those five things, it works. So that's what it sounds like you're able to bring to those men and you show up, you warm up a little bit, you do a bunch of working out, whether that's burpees or running or push-ups or pull-ups or whatever you have access to. And then you end at the end where everybody can come together and say their name, say their F3 name, which bonds the group together. And then in some instances, you know, either say a prayer or ask for help or just talk about things you're going through or share some words of wisdom. So how is that translated then? into this new atmosphere, this new environment. Yeah, a lot of it is just on our end, trying to think of what information we need to send them, right? So I made sure to send them, um, you know, the mission, the five core principles that you just went over, um, some of uh, the backlash or just like workout uh, workouts that have happened in the past. Yeah, give me some ideas, idea. sure. Um, yeah, and just try to explain some of the F3 lingo. Um, I think that's really important. What I like about F3 is you could go to, um, you know, any workout across the nation or now, now international, um, and uh, carry similar culture, right? Mm-hmm. You, you expect, uh, you know, the, the language to still be there. So, um, yeah, that's what was most challenging is trying to think about like, how can we help them, you know, be most successful? Um, inside of the prison facility and you know there there are some learning curves like oh i forgot to mention this but the good thing about it is you know we maintain a constant stream of communication uh, we can send them videos for things that might be hard to explain over the phone or something like that um, so if there's a will there's a way we could make that's every right. succeed inside of prison and they'll find a way and they can modify as necessary guys i'm just so grateful for 
for your shared story, right? For your individual stories, but your shared story. I'm grateful God brought you together for meaningful purpose. And then to hear about what you're doing now, if you're listening and you want more information specific to F3, go to F3nation.com. We've got the link, right? So those guys talked about, they've got a GoFundMe, right? Where you can support them. The link to that is in the show notes and right here on the show page. So if you're listening and you want to support these guys, and I hope that you will, uh, be sure to click that and uh, and check them out as well. Leo, Victor, it has been just an absolute pleasure to talk to both you guys. I know there are big things in the future, and I know for a fact you two will keep accelerating. So, man, just thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Brian. I just want to end with this this piece is that uh, when we started talking about this around the nation, the quick que- the question is like, well, how can we do this in our in the neighborhood? Mm-hmm. How can we do this here? And there are a couple of things you can do. One, reach out to us. We'll try to, you know, we're, you know, 43 feet, right? We talk about, you know, leaders are 43 feet in front, making the road for everyone behind them. So we're still figuring it out. But uh, there are several groups. There are already uh, faith groups and other groups that are already active in prison. uh, Become volunteer there uh, in order to learn more. Um, And then... um, let's let's depending on how much money we raise and what we can do it gives us an opportunity to you know take it from one prison to 10 to 20 to whatever yeah you got to be working the blueprint now you've got a bit of a playbook exactly exactly and so we're developing the playbook as we speak uh uh, you know in in the true f3 fashion you know if you think of it you're in charge and then you you know you build it as much as you can and then you pass it on right that's one of the key elements and yeah this concept of pick up the six right that was really the inspiration behind this, because we talk about we're really good at F3 at picking up the six during the workout. We can be way better at picking up the six uh, men who are stuck in social situations and in places where they, they, they are behind and they need a helping hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, prisons is like a perfect place to actually practice this concept. And the, the experience will change the men and women, but specifically the men of F3 who come and they have come to the prison to uh, for convergences, because that's going to be part of this process, yeah. is bringing, pe- bringing the guys on the inside to convergence and to support the guys who are coming out. It will change those who are putting in the effort and doing the third F. So again, thank you so much, Brian, for the time and uh, support and uh, passion that you bring to your project. I'm glad that I was inspirational and kicking your butt in it. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's pick up the six, everyone. Amen. Well said, brother. All right, guys, be good. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. See That's you in the, the gloom. Yes, sir. Right. Get after it, boys. Right. I know you will. That's Leo and Victor. I'm Brian Jodas. That's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast.